and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hi, everyone. Hi, Quinn. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's pretty late, but we're gonna, we're doing okay. How are you doing is the more important slash pressing question. I don't know. You know, I just... I. So for those who don't follow me on Twitter and haven't witnessed me complaining slash looking for sympathy because I've been sad, I spent 12 hours in the hospital yesterday for no reason because <laughs> they thought I was really sick and then it turns out, well, I have been sick for a while, which is also a problem, but it turns out I just pulled a muscle in my side because I coughed too much <laughs> and they thought it was various other things that it was not. Um, And so now they were just like, well, I guess you just have to go home and take Advil. And I'm like, well, I missed going to see Beauty and the Beast for this, which is very sad. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah, Quinn is a real trooper coming out and recording this for for her people, for the the fans that adore her. For the fans. It's all for the fans. Do it for the fans. That's not it. Okay. Yeah, you know what? It's fine. We're surviving. We're thriving. We're not thriving. We... I, that is fake news. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> no, oh, so we didn't have an episode last week because Jillian and I were in Copenhagen, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a day in there where also I thought I had pink eye and everything was horrific. It's been a it's been an interesting couple weeks for me. It has been a wild ride. But you know what? It's been good. There was a moment where um, I got separated from them at a museum and then... They told me they were going to be on the third floor, and then they were on the first floor. And so I was on the third floor balcony and took a picture of them and Snapchat it to them with the caption, Why are you always lying? And then um, one of our other friends commented, was like, I feel like Quinn has been suffering a lot on this trip. Yeah, because you have. Yeah. But it was still cool. It was an amazing trip. Ugh. I want to go back. I know. I would much rather be there than Why are we not in Copenhagen here. right now eating pastries? We're going to be Scandinavian from now on. This is now a Scandinavian podcast. <laughs> oh, fun fact. For my Danish midterm, I have to translate and perform the song Seven Years. So I don't know if I'm going to perform it in person or if I need someone to video it. So I might have you video it on my iPhone. <laughs> I, I got you. Thank you. Also, Thank you. fun fact, while we were in Copenhagen, we visited the place that the song The Five Year... Like, no. Not Five Years. Seven I'm years. thinking about musicals. The, um, seven Years was based on, because it's based on this commune called Freetown Christiana um, that's in Copenhagen, and it's like a tourist attraction. You can go there. And it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I guess. Jillian was afraid we were going to die. Yeah. I just... It was... There were a few close calls. Actually, not really. It was actually very, very safe. Well, if you didn't keep shouting, I love capitalism, then they wouldn't have been mad at you. Okay, I do love capitalism. <laughs> that didn't actually happen, but I could tell she was thinking it. I was thinking it in all caps, let me tell you. Get it? See what I did there? Caps? Capitalism? Oh, God. I slay myself. That's it. That's so Good night. <laughs> Good night, fam. <laughs> no, there's actually been a lot going on. Um, I mean, not that there isn't always, but we also missed two weeks, so... It's, it's, it was so nice to be in Europe and, and not paying attention to the news, but mm-hmm. here we are. So actually this morning, um, like incredibly breaking news this morning, and actually our regular recording time this was happening, but we ended up um, pushing recording back for various reasons. There was a terrorist attack in London, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe five people were killed, um, mm-hmm. including the attacker one of whom was a police officer there, mm-hmm. and it was someone who... Had stabbed him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they, there was a car that was driven off the road mm-hmm. and hit And people, hit some people. And um, there was a stabbing that killed a police officer. And as far as, like, details on this are still very mm-hmm. sketchy. Like, we don't know motive. We don't know yeah. exactly how many people have been injured. Like, what exactly all happened. We know, all we know is that um, it happened in front of the parliament building, and there hasn't been any indication yet of terrorism, so everything's still very up in the air right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I characterized it as a, a terrorist attack in the beginning, because that's what everybody's been oh, talking okay. about. But there's um, no, like, and, like, hard evidence yet, or it's, can we 
Well, I'm not sure because they haven't released official details about who the suspect is or was. I think he, um, the attacker was killed and all of this. And But the mayor of London did make a statement about terrorism and um, mm-hmm. that's been the general kind of outpouring of reaction and there's been international support. But like we don't know what happened or what the motives were particularly, which right. is what I would... I'm very curious about, but hasn't been an official word from anyone yet. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. Qu- uh, Quinn and I were looking at our notes this morning um, because we were going to end up talking about the UK anyway, and then this happened, and it's just it's just absolutely horrifying. Absolutely. And so obviously, like, our thoughts are with the people who are affected, and we're definitely hoping that um, they manage to figure out the facts of this very soon and are able to ensure the safety of everyone. Um, In the meantime, this has obviously caused a lot of effects on all the stuff that is going on in the UK right now Mm -hmm. because um, it was recently announced that Theresa May, the Prime Minister, will be making... This I thought was interesting. Will be formally announcing to the EU that they will be leaving the EU and actually triggering Article 50, which is the process for leaving. Mm -hmm. Starting next Wednesday. Yeah. So I think it's, I just think it's interesting that, so she's made, they made an announcement that she's going to make a formal announcement, but you know, this is the way bureaucracy works. So, okay. Um, And that, so the process will take a few years, but as like, they're very, very close to actually pulling the plug, so to speak, um, Mm -hmm. on Britain and the EU. And so because of all of this, and because places like, for example, Scotland did not actually vote to leave the EU. Um, Scotland as a whole voted to stay. I think it was something like 64%. Yeah, it was It was very large mm-hmm. uh, margin there. Um, so there have been talks about another Scottish independence referendum. The last one was in 2014, mm-hmm. and it was um, pretty unpopular. Yeah. The, they, they voted to stay with like 55% of the vote, mm-hmm. but... Um, they're like, well, if Scottish people want to stay in the EU, maybe we should have a new referendum um, so that Scotland can be independent and stay in the EU. Uh, but after this attack, um, they're like, well, we're putting those talks on hold. I mean, nothing, there hasn't been a referendum announced yet. They're just talking about maybe having one. But they're like, because of these attacks, we're going to put those talks on hold mm-hmm. um, until future notice anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's not even being discussed right now. Mm-hmm. I think everything is sort of on hold right now. There was also some talk about the reunification of Ireland. Yeah. Casual? Okay. Um, so, TLDR. Uh, Ireland is actually separated into Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And Northern Ireland is still a part of Britain. Well, the Republic of Ireland is its own thing. Um, and so, with the onset of Brexit, there has been some talks or some rumors going on that, oh, maybe it'll be, maybe, you know, like, Ireland should get back together. I wonder what would happen if that happened, like, economically, politically, things like that. Um, Because some people say that it would actually strengthen Ireland's economy overall, because with the reunification of Germany, their economy went, like, went through the roof, TBT. I mean... Okay, the reunification of Germany, I think, was a different scale, though. Yeah, that's also fair. Those were, like, that was, like, the war between the East and West. Communism to capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) The difference between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland is definitely not that stark. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. So, I don't know. It would be interesting, though, I, I think. I do like how you managed to bring Germany into this conversation in the first five minutes, though. Oh, to, I think that's a personal record. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but no, I mean, that is a, that is the most striking example we have of a country divided and um, eventually brought back together. But I don't, I don't think necessarily an effective role model for this because, again, there was a wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not a wall in Ireland. Yeah. That'd be very intense. Yeah. There are a lot of hills in Ireland, so logistically that would just be a lot of, a lot of building. Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of difficult to build a giant wall between countries. Yeah. Isn't that, also, isn't that weird? Do you think anyone's told our administration that? Does anyone also realize that you can go around walls, under walls, over walls? Do you know that ladders exist? <sighs> Some people can just jump really high. Like, <laughs> I have a great <laughs> vertical, okay? 
Okay, I'd like to see you jump over a 10-foot wall. Okay, I can't do that. But I could long jump over it if it was horizontal. I'd really like to see that, Yeah, too. I used to competitively long jump. I told you this, right? No. Oh. Yeah, third place in the county. Woo-hoo. Until I broke my ankle. And that was the end of my long jumping career. Well, this has been a beautiful revelation and digression. But back to the UK. So just a lot of stuff going on right now. And Brexit is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of terrifying. So although Article 50 hasn't been formally enacted upon yet, it will apparently uh, next week, um, some companies have already started pulling their employees out of London and out of, you know, their banks in the UK because um, just for... um, business reasons, logistics, trying to make things easier and because it's easier to move them now while they still have the licenses and they're still technically a part of the EU as opposed to later or during this whole process. Um, So I think Goldman Sachs took about like 6,000 employees and they're starting to move them to other banks in the EU, a lot to Frankfurt, Germany, again, the Germany reference. Um, But yeah, I just found that really interesting considering, you know, the finance world is kind of my future, <laughs> she says sadly. Oh, wow, I'm so sad. I'm going to be so rich. Oh my God, stop. No, but this is a big deal, though, because London really is like the financial capital of Europe, and that's very much in danger right now. Because um, I'm kind of getting the impression that banks are really don't have a lot of confidence in trusting that London's going to be a good place to have the center of their business in the next few years. Mm -hmm. And London had already been, you know, um, sort of slipping as, like, the head of the EU. I think Germany, like, economically has always been really up, uh, has been always really up there. And even Germany right now isn't doing so great compared to the U.S. um, economically, which is one of the things that... um, this release of investment banks thing came out. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Anyways, yeah, um, with all of this uncertainty, with all of this lack of confidence, um, the value of the pound sterling has absolutely plummeted, which is also not great for the... It's sort of like a domino effect or a self-fulfilling prophecy. It kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy or just Mm -hmm. self-fulfilling fear. Yeah. Isn't that also how the Great Depression worked? I realize that's an oversimplification, but... Uh... Mm. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's... Yeah, kind of-ish. Not that I'm suggesting we're about to trigger another Great Depression, but, (laughs) you know, who knows? I've been wrong about things before. Oh, haven't we all? Yeah, just the idea that people are worried about things, pulling out, and by pulling out, um, actually causing the economic damage they're scared of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is just not great considering, you know, the rest of the political states of everywhere right now. Yeah. It's just not a good time. I feel like the world is crashing and burning around us, and we're just watching. And I feel like you've said that before, numerous times, actually, either to me or via text or via Twitter, or on this podcast, but I feel like it is a great quote that should be repeated endlessly. See, that's the thing that really concerns me, especially about the economic situation, because, like, political situation, we've covered in depth. We know we're not a fan. But but just the economic side of all of this um, in the UK and the EU, and, of course, like, we're a very globalized world. Anything that happens over there is also, at some point, going to affect um, the American economy. And just... You know, we're going to graduate from college in a year, and I just have this premonition that we're going to graduate as soon as we hit a recession, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can just see it, because yeah. that is the kind of luck that I have. <laughs> Stop. Even my 96-year-old grandmother is concerned about the state of, like, the economics of the world right now, and she lived through the Great Depression, two world wars, everything else in between, the 2008 financial crisis, so she's seen a lot, but... 
Can I just say I'm really amused by the fact that your 96-year-old grandmother comes up maybe more than any other person in our personal lives on this podcast. Oh, she's great. My 96-year-old grandmother is honestly just the coolest person ever. Like, she's so hip. Like, I'm not even saying that sarcastically. Like, she's really just such an awesome person. Um, so yeah, that was my rant about my grandmother. Important digression. Important digression. I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast before, but on the night of the U referendum, I actually could accidentally convinced a bunch of European students that I was European because, so I was doing a summer program with um, a bunch of kids from my school, including like the group of kids who were from England and Italy and like various European countries who are directly affected by this. And I was at this event and I just had the like vote results up on my phone and was refreshing like every 30 seconds to see what was going on. And someone noticed and was like, oh, where are you from? Like thinking that I'm European Mm -hmm. because they're the only other kids who care. And I was like, uh, here, I just am into politics. And they were like, okay. Oh my God. Oh, you should have just went along with it. Where, where would I be from? I don't have an accent. Um, Denmark. <laughs> I should have. should have been like, oh yeah, I'm originally from Denmark, actually. Mm-hmm. I moved over here when I was seven, so my English accent is, or my um, American accent's very good. Ugh. Yeah. But I was, anyway, I was very concerned with the Brexit vote when it happened, and I'm still very concerned. Not only because I am generally in favor of staying in the EU, I think that makes a lot more sense financially. I also don't really like the cultural implications of this idea that, like, we want to be, or Britain wants to be more isolationist um, and be by itself outside of the EU and not be affected by other countries. I think that we live in a very global world and that's a good thing. Anyway, but also just the whole thing that, like, no one has any idea what they're doing or what this means because this is the first country to leave the EU. Yeah. And it's the UK, so it's a big deal because they have a very large economy. They're an important country. Mm-hmm. And so when they trigger Article 50, they're going to have to spend these years figuring out all these arrangements um, with representatives from the EU. And there are all of these treaties and regulations and stuff going on and, like, trying to figure out what they're going to do and how to go forward from there and how to have trade with countries once they leave the EU and how that's going to work. Like, no one knows. They're making this all up as they go. Yeah, it's literally like me during a presentation. <laughs> Except the the state of the world and the world's economy rests on it. Yeah. Mm. You hate to see it. Um, <laughs> no, but it's just, to me... I feel like, as an economist, this is very bad because I am all about, you know, free trade and globalization, but I think also just from, like, if I was, if if the UK was just, like, one person and it was contributing, it's like a school project, you know? Like, you're all assigned to the school project and everyone has different tasks and of course like one one person isn't going to pull their weight one person doesn't respond to the group me messages and so this other person is just literally doing all the work and i feel like you the uk um sort of encapsulates um encapsulates that persona or that feeling and i guess that just you know went to a whole new level wait so are you saying the uk is doing all the work in the group project of europe yes Mm-hmm. And then, I think it's mostly them in Germany. I think, I th- okay, so I think, this is my theory. The UK was all like, oh yeah, like, this project's gonna be great, but we're, like, contributing all the work, and then once the UK realizes that they were, like, doing all the work, they're like, ooh, maybe I should switch groups? And Germany was like, Germany is just, like, the second biggest or whatever, and it's just like, nope, nope, you need, okay, stepping up to the plate now. <laughs> um, I don't know where this analogy is going, but okay. Ugh. I'm just really, I'm just really into Germany. I know. In my German class, we were talking about the big uh, press conference between um, Angela Merkel and Trump and how um, Trump refused to shake her hand or something. And someone in the class made a joke like, oh, like, because maybe he's a germaphobe. And then my teacher was like, or a Germanphobe. And we were all like, ooh. 
That's a good pun. Yeah, that also happened. Trump refused to shake Merkel's hand. It was so weird. It was so awkward. Did you? S- it was so yeah. uncomfortable. I mean, and it's it's on video. This is not speculation. You can see him on video just pretend that he can't hear her when she says, "Do you want to do a handshake?" It is bizarre. I, it is visibly. I I cringed. It's so cringeworthy. It, yeah, it's also incredibly uncomfortable to watch. So, you should you should just watch that. Just. Oh, he's the worst. We'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> so, yeah. So the project of the EU continues. Um, the UK is, according to Theresa May, definitely going to start leaving next week. So everyone is scrambling now for extra credit. Um, so that's that's the end of this analogy. <laughs> and yeah, so stay tuned. We'll definitely be talking about this more in the future. First of all, I'm really proud of you for continuing that analogy to the end of the topic. Uh, But now it's time to turn our sights to our own country. Um, And this is when the camera pans over and it's just stuff on fire. Could we not do that? (laughs) Ugh. Oh, God. So, of course, as always, too many things happen to talk about. Trump introduced his new budget. Surprise, surprise. It's all about... There was a ton of military spending added, which actually is really concerning because... What is he increasing the military for? I don't understand why this is happening. <laughs> I'm against all government spending. <laughs> My idea of a perfect government is a man in a room with a button for the nukes. <laughs> that's a Parks and Recreation quote. Don't. That's not a quote from me. Um. Yeah, so I found out that one of the main characters on Parks and Rec is like a a very staunch libertarian and like Quinn extreme act- libertarian and Quinn like sent me a, a YouTube video and basically it's just like all the clips of him saying like various libertarian-esque things throughout the series and Quinn was like isn't this funny and I was just like I believe in all of this <laughs> see I feel like this podcast is just getting like more and more like weirdly anti-government but yours, like, just extremely libertarian capitalist, and mine, like, verging ever closer to socialist. <laughs> I'm gonna go live in Freetown, Christiana. <laughs> oh my god, no, I will not visit you. <laughs> so yeah, so Trump introduced his new budget. He wants to greatly increase- th- this budget has not passed or anything, like, they have not voted on it yet, but it's just been introduced. Um greatly increases military spending at the expense of a lot of things, you know, like social services. Meals on Wheels funding was cut, which is just ridiculous. Um, Also, they cut all funding for the arts and public broadcasting. So, you know, that's great. They cut the EPA in half. Like, there's a lot of things on here that I'm not pleased with. Um, uh, Again, this is just uh, the first like, proposal of the budget, though, mm-hmm. so, um, we'll see how things go when people are actually voting on this. Call your representatives, please. My, my thing is that, yes, these budget cuts aren't, like, the greatest, but if they're, if he's gonna make budget cuts, like, I feel like this is more on the safe side as opposed to, you know, like, oh, let's cut all of social security, oh, let's cut more of, like, Medicare and things like that. Well, that's the thing, because, like, that's, um, because, this budget that's proposed is all discretionary spending, so it's not Social Security and right. Medicare and Medicaid exactly. and everything. Because mm-hmm. um, that's not, like, that's way too complicated. Like, that's not being touched with these budget changes at all. But just thinking, like, if he is supposed to be pulling back government um, and, you know, like, lowering taxes or, you know, other various Republican goals, um, he's cutting all of these social services and all these funding for various things and just putting it basically all in the military. There are a few other categories that like very few other categories were also increased but like definitely the military was the greatest increased spending so my, like if his goal and it basically evens out so if his goal was to decrease government spending he is completely failing at that like no one's going to get tax breaks out of this because all their money's just going to go towards tanks instead hmm. but taxes aren't going to increase are they um i'm not sure because Economics is hard, and I am not an expert. Expert. Aww. (laughs) There are too many puns on this episode. I know. I need... Why am I like this? Uh, But yeah, just I have a lot of questions. Because it's like, this kind of budget increase for... In the military is usually about some kind of war. Mm -hmm. 
Why? We're not at war. I'm a little concerned about what he's thinking. Ugh. This is just... Not good, fam. Not good. But yeah, we'll be talking about how the whole budget situation as um, debates in Congress continue with that um, and voting actually starts. They've also started hearings for Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. If they vote him in, I quit. Because as we all know, Merrick Garland is supposed to be on the bench. But you know, why should we have a functioning democracy? (laughs) Democracy is overrated, apparently. Yeah, well, Gorsuch is getting a big push from uh, pro-life groups across the country because he's, yeah, um, pro-life, and they're really into dismantling Roe v. Wade because you know that's the one thing in our country that is definitely needs fixing. So basically, Comey, the director of the FBI, officially announced recently that Trump has been under investigation since July. July 2016, people. This is before the election um, for his election team campaign possibly colluding with Russia in order to help him win the presidency. The FBI and various intelligence agencies previously concluded that Russia did attempt to influence the election, um, which we have previously discussed, but there's also been a separate investigation to determine whether Trump actually intentionally colluded with them, which would be treason. Um, And here's the thing, is that this has been happening since July and have only now just been announced. Hey, remember just before the election when it came up that there might be something going on with Hillary Clinton's email investigation and the FBI decided to announce that even though they almost never announce about ongoing investigations and then it turned out that there was no evidence of any further wrongdoing that they had already found, but it still potentially was so catastrophic to her chances that it might have tipped the scales in the election. Remember that? Because I do. The entire time, Trump was under investigation for colluding with Russia, but they didn't announce that. Oh my god. Okay, I'm done. I'm calm. Are you? She says as her fists are very clenched. I haven't been calm since November. Oh. Yeah, so this is just not very comforting at all. I mean, first of all, here's my thing. If the FBI is going to, you know, make some announcements about one political candidate, like right before the election, they might as well just like, you know, release everything. (laughs) Just might as well take everyone down. You know what I mean? But, you know, this selective information thing isn't really the greatest tactic, I don't think. Yeah, they so they only announce stuff about FBI investigations if they determine it's the best interest in the public for the public to know. I don't understand why there was some kind of bizarre double standard about that. I love that we're not even that phased about the possibility that Trump's been colluding with Russia. We're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, this is, this is old news. It's, well, I mean, it's not... It obviously is significant that there has been official word that an official investigation is underway. And I am, like, we shouldn't normalize these things because this is horrific. It's treason. Um, But just, like, this is something that we already knew. But now we just know it for officially sure. Great. Great. We know that there is suspicion. We don't, there is no proof that has been announced yet. Although, it is stacking up. We're just not... We're not doing great right now as a country. It's fine. If they do determine that he colluded with Russia, like, is that just automatic impeachment? What happens then? As an illegitimate president. Dude, was he ever legitimate? I mean, okay, I never considered him legitimate, but I mean legally legitimate. (laughs) Literally legitimate. (laughs) Literally legit. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he just does all these horrible things, and I feel like he'd get some smack for it, but nothing compared to, you know, what would be considered normal. So honestly, nothing would surprise me anymore. Nothing is fine. The bees are dying. Oh. Poor honeybees. Oh, also while we were talking about horrible things, bees are officially endangered. That's bad. We need those to live. 
I like honey. Honey is good. No, I mean like bees keep plants alive. Oh, well, that as well. We we need plants. We need oxygen. Save the bees. <sighs> So, um, something recently that came up in the news was actually um, Tommy Lahren, who is the host of her own show on the Blaze Network, uh, was actually just suspended for a week for making some pro-choice comments, which is just very weird having her make these, you know, pro-choice comments because she has branded herself as this, you know, young up-and-coming Republican who has very, very conservative views. Yeah, so she hosts... Uh, an incredibly conservative talk show, uh, which we can come back to in a sec, but she went on The View, which is a fairly liberal show, um, and talked about being pro-choice. And she said, you know, I don't want the government in my business and I don't want the government in my body. Um, which is a fair, like, I would respect that view, um, if she wasn't also horrible in various other ways, but anyway, we'll get back to that. (laughs) And, but she made these comments basically confirming that she is pro-choice and Glenn Beck, who is the person who runs the blaze, um, well, I mean, not directly from him officially, but basically like he and whatever, who else was in charge, uh, suspended her for this week at least. Um, and we'll see what goes on in the future, which is not a good look basically. Cause like, First of all, she's made kind of a career out of calling people snowflakes and claiming that liberals don't um, entertain any opposing view and all they do is shut down free speech and shut down any opposing arguments. And the second that she expressed a dissenting opinion from mainstream conservative thought, they suspended her TV show. And it's just like, okay. This is like, this is opening up a whole conversation about hypocrisy But first of all, it is just ridiculously ironic. Yeah. I also just think, like, what would happen if this was... Okay, sorry, I'm about to get pretty meta here, but maybe some hint of misogyny as well? Like, what if a guy, like, did this? I mean, okay, that's, like, a far-fetched idea. But I don't know. It's just... I just feel like it's... Um... It's just more, much more of a thing or whatever for women to have this perfect, like, package that's, like, all wrapped together where they're just, like, not allowed to make any mistakes. Even though this technically wasn't really a mistake. I mean, she was just stating her opinions. Like, she's made much worse mistakes in the past. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no way to prove that, per se, but that definitely is absolutely true that women especially women in the public eye tend to be held to higher standards and that they uh, are punished uh more severely for deviating from expectations yep uh don't you love the patriarchy no (laughs) trevor noah actually made some comments about this so um tommy was on trevor noah a little while ago and had a very interesting interview with him um during which one of the focuses of the conversation was on Colin Kaepernick and because she has a huge problem with him and she has a huge problem with Black Lives Matter and spoiler alert she's just has a problem with black people but anyway shocker basically Trevor Noah kept challenging her to say how can black people protest that's acceptable for you and she really did not produce any answer for him and so on his show last week he was talking about her suspension and um, how hypocritical it was. And she, he was like, I'm outraged by this hypocrisy. I would protest, but she doesn't, she isn't okay with any form of black people protesting. So I can't. Is she against protesting in general though? Uh, some people are just like anti-protesting. No, she just, it was usually like every, anytime there was any kind of protest, like spearheaded by black people, like she had a problem with Black Lives Matter because she kept saying that they were too disruptive and violent. And then Colin Kaepernick like literally sits down during a football game and then she has a huge huge problem with that and he's like well okay then what can we do because you don't like the loud stuff and you don't like the quiet stuff so what is that else is there and she just had no answer for him oh yikes but anyway it it was a really interesting interview overall it's like half an hour long the whole thing and I I watched it when it first came out and she does say several like kind of horrifying things during it but it um is a cool way to hear her thoughts without watching 
her own show, which is, I've, I understand from the clips that I've seen from it, is, is pretty aggressive. So Like conservative, like very aggressively conservative? Yeah, it's, it's hard even to characterize it as conservative. There's actually, fun fact, in the clip of the Trevor Noah show, I think at one point he asked her, like, oh, so you're a conservative? And she goes, I'm a millennial. We don't like labels. And he's just like, what? You just used a label to say you don't like labels. But anyway. I think maybe she was trying to be funny. Because, like, that's something I would say, I feel. Like, no, I she feel was, like that's funny. She was very serious. Oh, okay. Was, well, never mind. It was pretty funny. Anyway, but yeah, it's a... I wouldn't describe her necessarily as conservative or particularly mainstream conservative um, especially as you can see, like recently with um, her expression of pro-choice views, where um, she's like, I think, very libertarian in a way, but also was a huge Trump supporter and also was pretty racist. And there's just a lot of stuff going on with her. Yeah, she's a lot. There's a lot to her 24-year-old persona package, whatever. Yeah. Um that's another thing is it does seem like it's very much a persona because some clips surfaced of her from college which was not that long ago where she's expressing like fairly moderate to even democratic views um which looking at her now is very far away from the kind of stuff she's espousing so there is some speculation that she really is just in it for or or at least like being in this media world has warped her views um to very extreme right wing ideas um where she wasn't like that originally i honestly think it's a persona honestly i think i mean i'm very cynical and i think you know a lot of politicians end up like this like they come in with like very moderate views or they come in with you know like this will to do good or whatever and then you know to get votes sometimes you have to like appeal to different types of people and of course sometimes that might mean you know making your um, views more extremist and then just sort of a domino effect. Yeah, definitely a very strong polarization effect, especially like being in politics or being in political media or at this rate, just living in the country in this day and age and being on Twitter. All eye contact with everybody. Oh yeah. That'll solve our problems. Everyone just avoid eye contact. Everyone needs to just pull a Walden, okay? That'll help the economy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's Amazon Prime. We're fine. So not only does this bring up a lot of interesting questions about um, how being in the media affects you or your views or how you choose to present yourself down the road, um, this also just brings up, you know, the issue of hypocrisy and how, uh, you know, conservatives do have this thing where they say, oh, like, liberals like shut conservative thoughts down and like don't even try to make some sort of productive dialogue but then this one woman says oh like i'm actually pro-choice blah blah blah." and then (laughs) the entire network is like nope jk wrong answer try again (laughs) which is not great Uh, one quick note about that this was a horrifically bad PR move. I feel like conservatives in general have just been making really bad PR moves lately with almost everything they do. Because um, it's like, if he... if well, I'm using he as in Glenn Beck, um, but just the network in general, had just let it go, and then maybe... Br- and just, like, the next time she got on the show, got had her get back on message right away, talking about how much she hates Black Lives Matter or whatever, then everyone would have forgotten it pretty quickly, and now it's everyone's talking about it because she got pulled so yikes (laughs) i'm a registered republican so i feel like i can say this i feel like all the republicans or all the conservatives in the world or whatever just just have like this enormous group chat where they're just like hmm let's see how we can (laughs) how we can piss off everybody today Ooh, i know (laughs) let's shut women down for voicing their opinions that'll get people interested (laughs) Oh, I'm so angry all the time, Quinn. I'm glad it's you saying it this week and not me, because oh. I am also filled with rage. <laughs> but yeah, so on on the topic of hypocrisy, it is definitely so prevalent in on both sides, um, and just 
all humans. And I think there's a, there's being hypocritical and there's being intellectually dishonest, um, which I think are fairly closely related. And it's just like, if you want to have a very on-message media brand where it's just purely conservative views, then you can do that. But when you say that, like, you welcome dissenting opinions and that you are this bastion of free speech and that um, the other side is the one who has this problem and then you don't, like, walk that walk, then we have a problem. Because then you're just being dishonest with your audience and you're being dishonest with yourself. And so, like, what what productivity are you bringing to any kind of dialogue in that case? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. The, all, the whole point of differing opinions is to create, you know, sort of this conversation where, you know, one side um, learns more about the other side, but instead it just all of this creates more polarization. It leads to um, confidence bias and just all of these fun, fun psych things. I mean, I think just in my experience, um, you know, being sort of, sort of conservative on a college campus where like most college campuses in the United States are very liberal. I do sort of feel not necessarily like hypocrisy or like, that if I say something, you know, a liberal is going to shut me down and, like, not listen to me. But I do think that there is that sort of feeling where I am maybe not the most comfortable to voice any sort of conservative opinion just because, you know, I feel like once I say something that, like, brings up a whole image of me and then they start to judge me based on, you know, just this one view I have and then categorize me and put me in the, put me in the, um, the box of, you know, conservatives and then, judge everything I say after that so I don't think necessarily this hypocrisy happens on purpose I just think it sort of happens yeah and that that brings up a whole can of worms because there's been a lot of complaining recently by Republicans on college campuses I don't know if you've noticed the onslaught of hot takes about this and it's kind of like when you're someone who's like oh I'm afraid to speak out on my conservative views because I feel like people are discriminating against me. It's kind of like, okay, please stop. Like, we have a Republican president and a Republican Congress, and, like, you need to calm down about your feelings. The most discrimination he's ever received in his life is if he wore the wrong, like, shade of salmon shorts, you know? Like, these people need to calm down. (laughs) Yeah, but then there's the other question of, I have, like, like in your case in particular, because I know that, like, hey, you don't hate gay people. Um, <laughs> like, and the question of having some conservative views, like, especially I know in the economic realm versus um, being painted with a wider brush of, like, people being worried that you're very, um, like, socially conservative and, mm-hmm. like, all of the baggage Creating, that goes to exactly. that. I don't think necessarily... I wouldn't call it discrimination. I would just call it, you know, sometimes awkwardness at parties. I mean, I don't necessarily feel, like, inhibited by it, you know? I mean, it might be uncomfortable at times, but it's not, like, something I can just, like, power through, you know? Yeah, sorry, that was kind of the point I was trying to make, is, like, the differentiating between someone complaining, like, oh, I feel discriminated against because I'm a Republican, which is, like, ridiculous, and then versus, like, this has brought up awkward situations and why is it so hard to have this dialogue? Why can't you have views in both? Por que no los dos, people? Va Rome. That was just three different languages. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, and I think that brings up a lot of good points. I think, so I feel like to, t- to turn this into a little bit of a personal note, this podcast has definitely been a journey. Fun fact, I didn't know Jillian was a Republican when we started this podcast. Yeah. Well, no, well, I mean, that's not true. I didn't know Jillian was a Republican before she signed on to host this podcast. I only found out after, mm-hmm. which I think is very funny because we had just never really talked about politics because we weren't roommates when we first started working on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when, I think she was absolutely, like, floored when she found out. I just had no idea. I just, like, didn't, because you're from New York. I don't know. I never thought of it. (laughs) (laughs) You're from New York. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think it's really cool that we get to have these conversations and we can, you know, like, argue about the education system and 
it's fine because I know you're a good person and that mm-hmm. you respect who I am as a person and that like you respect the human race in general, which is a cool thing that you do. That's a thing. Like uh, we shouldn't just restrict people or like judge people's characters based on, you know, like their, all of their political views. Like obviously there are some political views that are just like, oh. anyways, we're not talking about those. We're talking about the moderate ones. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Quinn's an awesome person. And if we don't agree on something small, like taxes, like it's fine. Like I still love her. I'm still going to live with her if I've ever, like, it's fine. Oh, yeah, we're living together forever, by the way. <laughs> oh, that was such a big digression. No, that's not, that's not an important thing, though. And this was a, this conversation was originally about hypocrisy, but, like, it's still the, the main point is that just... Which I think is something that we've been talking about since the very beginning of this show, is that just shutting down dissenting views is not the way to productive dialogue. And there's a difference between descending political views and not valuing each other's, like, humanity. Because, like, un- at no point is anyone under any obligation to entertain, like, ideas that don't recognize their own humanity and, like, right to exist. But just the idea of just something like a conservative commentator being pro-choice for her own personal reasons, like, just being completely shut down because of that is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, extremely. Ugh. Here we are. Here we are. Okay, so our pop culture segment this week was supposed to be me gushing about Beauty and the Beast, but you're all safe from that because I was in the hospital and didn't get to see it. You win some, you lose most. Am I right? I lose everything. Oh my god. (laughs) No, I'm gonna see it next week. I'm just sad, especially since I bought the tickets ahead of time, but you know what? It's fine. Um, instead we're going to talk about another live action Disney movie just because we didn't know what to talk about and then we just happened to talk about this for like 15 minutes before the show and then we were like, why didn't we just record this entire conversation? Mm-hmm. And that's the new Mulan movie. <laughs> Wait, so basically Mulan is one of the greatest Disney films, I think. Um, it's just... It's just so good. It's just so heartwarming. I think it's just, like, such a cool, like, this badass, you know, teenager just saving China, like, casually. It's fine. And also, you know, like, a lot of messages about putting family first and father-daughter love, which I think is just so awesome. Um, But, yeah, did they finish casting? So, they have not finished casting. They've made some announcements this week that say, one... It's not going to be a musical. What? I was floored. I am shook, people. So, the animated Mulan movie has some of the best music in Disney canon, including the ever-classic I'll Make a Man Out of You, which, if you've never played that during a workout, who are you? Let's get down to business to To defeat defeat the Huns. Huns. There's going to be a copyright strike on this Okay. whatever happens to podcasts, I don't know. (laughs) We did that in my uh, concert for my show choir last semester, by the way, and it was super fun. It was. It was great. I saw it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Mulan is a musical. Granted, it doesn't have that many songs, but, like, the songs it does have are very iconic. They said it's going to cut it out, and um, it's going to be, there was a quote, a big, girly martial arts epic, which is a very confusing sentence. What does that even mean? I, yeah, I don't know what that means. What is a girly martial arts epic? Just because it stars a girl... Doesn't make it girly. What does that even... What does girly mean? Is it just because she has breasts? Like, what is... (sighs) Just, okay. Also, I apologize because I feel like my voice has been going in and out a little bit. Sorry. Still a little bit ill. We're pushing through. Um, But the other big thing is apparently... Shang isn't going to be in it, because the main male lead in the original animated movie was General Shang, and he was super hot and super great, and I'm not ashamed of saying that about an animated character. So yeah, so in the new movie, Shang is being replaced by someone named Chen Huanghui, and I'm sorry about my pronunciation. I took Mandarin for two years and should be able to pronounce things, but I can't, so I'm sorry. But She can pronounce things better than I can, so you know what? It's We're getting there. 
Yeah, but you also speak, like, seven languages, so... Yeah, none of which are, like, useful outside of Europe. Because there's no one who lives in Europe? What? Anyway, digression, digression. But the fact is, the main character... Well, not the main character, to be clear. Mulan is the main character. She's incredible. The second main character is just not in the movie. It's just being replaced by someone else. What story are they telling? Is it even still Mulan? I would like to make the argument that he is the third most important character because I think Mushu is the second most important character. That is a great point. Also, how are they going to do Mushu in a live action movie? He's a little animated lizard dragon thing. Oh, it's me. Did I not tell you? Oh, you're going to be Mushu? I'm going to be Mushu. Wait, I can actually totally see you as Mushu. Are you serious? I just feel like you're very, like, sassy and aggressive. Sassy and aggressive. This is how my best friend describes me. Okay. She's sassy, but aggressive. One time someone described Julian as calm and sweet. Or what was it? Kind and sweet? Yeah, he said, he said I'm kind and sweet. I am not kind and sweet. She was very offended by this characterization. And this other guy just described me as, um, relaxed and laid back. Uh, excuse me? Do I look relaxed? Do I look laid back? I am the least relaxed person I have ever met. <laughs> Besides you. I'm gonna, yeah, honest, actually, you're less relaxed than I am. Okay, I'm super relaxed. That is a lie. I know. I had sort of like a visceral reaction to when I said it because of all the dishonesty that was spewing from my mouth. If it's not clear from how invested we are into live-action remakes of Disney movies, although that's a legitimate thing to be invested in, okay? These are our childhoods right here. <laughs> Retweet. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I will be excited when they announce the casting. I mean... If they screw it up, I will kill a man. We will, Quinn and I will just remake the movie ourselves. I will not actually kill a man, by the way. Don't, there are so many incriminating audio clips of me out here. If we ever try to run for office, uh, we're screwed. We're going to be president and vice president. We decided this. It's fine. (laughs) What year? uh, 2032, I think. I think it was 2032. 2036, maybe? Sometime. Anyways. We'll just run on the platform of better live action Disney remakes. And lower taxes! (laughs) Who needs roads? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) We'll just privatize it. It's fine. Amazon Prime will make roads. It's fine. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. (laughs) Not really. She's not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, and my nightmares... I think it's just time to wrap up. I don't know what's happened, but... Yeah. Thanks for listening to us today. Uh, You can find the show on Twitter at MixedFeelingsFM, where you can follow us, tweet at us, uh, leave us a DM. You can also find us at Relay.fm slash MixedFeelings, where you can read our show notes or send us a message there. Finally, you can find us in the iTunes store, where it would be lovely if you left us a review. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. Ugh, love it. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these are our mixed feelings.